Hey Che, Spencer here. I'm just calling in to tell you off for accusing us of calling in to tell you off. Okay? Love you, bye. Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die Only the brave shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Hey Che, it's Barry here from Shadow the GM. Just calling in to say I just listened to um, episode 19 you had, um, the Dungeon Master one, to say that um, you should never feel bad about speaking negatively, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we should all be able to say that, and I think you're very... You know, it's good to see that you're honest and you're able to open up and talk about stuff like that. And, you know, it is very difficult and we do leave ourselves vulnerable. And so, you know, like you said, people try to be supportive and sometimes it comes across as critical and we feel, you know, bad about it. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm quite happy for you to talk about whatever you want to. If you want to open up about things you feel negative about, I think that's a good thing. I think it's good that you feel you can talk about it and it'll make people who feel the same way feel normal because they'll realise there's people out there that feel the same and that's the main thing and you should never worry about you know, people try and give advice with the best intentions, but sometimes, you know, their advice isn't always helpful to us. It doesn't really mirror how we feel, but yeah, I just want to say, don't feel bad and, you know, keep on talking about how you feel. Bye. Hey, Barry. Um, I'm not sure. Are you a first time caller? I don't know. I can't remember. I lose track. I'm sorry. But thank you for calling in and thank you for such a lovely message. It really was great to hear from you and it, it lifted me. Um, and, uh, you know, all joking aside, Spencer at the top of the show, um, I do actually appreciate you guys calling in. And um, while I'm in my depths of my down, and as Spencer's alluding to in my last episode, you know, I can feel like I'm being put upon, if you like, if I'm being told off. Uh, that it really isn't the case, and I'm aware of that. And, uh, yeah, but thank you for the fight of confidence. It is wonderful to have you call in. And I uh, really, really hope that you're going to keep listening and call in some more because that's what this and the main roleplay rescue saturday episodes that's what they're all about isn't it us as a community wittering on about our hobby thanks barry hey Trey, jason here nerds rpg variety cast enjoy your last dm's diary the, the only comment i'd have as far as picking a system for your space game obviously pick something that you like we'll see how this traveler game goes and and what you think about that I guess my comment would be make sure you pick a system that's available whether it's in print or we can get it on PDF legally through drive through RPG but but pick a system that's that's currently available don't if you pick something like I, I don't know I haven't looked but I'd assume like the mongoose traveler editions aren't available anymore I don't know if they still are or not I, I actually haven't looked but but you know don't pick a system that you can only find used and you can't buy a pdf of legally that, that'd be my only comment so talk to you later thank you jason great to hear from you again I hope you're well uh, this one goes back actually a little bit 
maybe 10, 12 days ago, so a little late to the show, but, um, you know, you only have so much room in a show, yeah? Uh, okay, so Traveller. The first thing I have to say is Mongoose Traveller 2nd Edition is currently in print and is available via Drive-Thru RPG or mongoosepublishing.com, and I would thoroughly recommend getting hold of it. Mongoose Traveller 1st Edition, not so much, although I believe a lot of the materials are still available. Um, I don't know, I haven't checked. Uh, but I do know that the Cephas engine is based upon Mongoose Traveller 1st Edition uh, because that was the SRD, the System Reference Document. Anyway, uh, all that aside, dude, 2nd uh, Edition Traveller, yeah, absolutely available. Um, games that are currently available and on sale for Traveller, Actually, all of them, as far as I can tell. If you go to farfutureenterprise.net, which is um, farfuture.net, I think is the website, um, you can get a CD-ROM with all of the editions, everything on a CD for that edition, every supplement, whatever, for a very reasonable price, and I own them all. So mm, when it comes to games uh, that are available, Traveller is definitely one of those. Even all the old classic Traveller, everything is available on those. And uh, you can get them very, very quickly as well. When I ordered from USA via Far Future Net to the UK, they come within a week. It's awesome. Right, now I'm blithering. One thing I wanted to pick up, though, is I hadn't actually thought about that whole availability thing. Um, I just genuinely never really crossed my mind that it would be a problem to run a game that wasn't currently available in print. And it kind of the adjacent thought was... Actually, it seems to be that, Jason, you're bothered by being able to read the rulebook. Um, I've got to a point in my gaming where I, I kind of don't expect my players to own the rules. If they do, that's awesome. But I kind of don't expect it anymore. I actually think rulebooks aren't really there for the players. Um, and that is, of course, an entire different philosophical discussion about gaming. But it's kind of where I'm at. And it was interesting that you're... You know, wanting as a player to be able to get the rules that you're playing. I guess as a player, I'm like that. I want to do them, but that, I see that as part of my GM head. So uh, I don't know. Am I just wittering now? Probably. Jason, thanks for calling in. Game on, man. Che, Andy Goodman here, leaving you a late night message. I was um, just uh, had some interesting information about Pathfinder because I'm quite a interested follower of the Awe Report, which provides very detailed breakdowns of all the Roll20 games played online during the course of the year. They do it quarter by quarter. And um, Pathfinder has been absolutely falling off a cliff for the last two years. About two years ago, it was comprising over 20% of all Roll20 games. And as of the last report, it's down to about 6%. And that's including, you know, Pathfinder 2 release. So that is not a good um, set of numbers for Paizo and for Pathfinder. Now, there's a lot of things you can try and interrogate about those numbers, um, it's not entirely consistent between the number of games played and the number of actual accounts that have a Pathfinder plugin or templates. That's how they measure it. But it's clearly a very definite trend. And um, what is really interesting... Okay, so firstly, does online Roll20 play equate to 
A, sales figures, B, offline play, um, is there a correlation? I think it's the best set of numbers we have, and I almost guarantee there is some kind of correlation. But um, with in the case of Pathfinder, I think even more so, because it's a younger demographic, much more tuned to online play. And that other interesting thing is, one would assume that D&D 5e has just been taking that market share. But it hasn't. D&D 5e has also been declining in the last year. Could it be? <laughs> Could it be that the cycle has come to an end for 5e or is coming to an end for 5e? I'm not sure. But they were they were somewhere up in the 60% at, at one point. They're now down to 50. It's still a huge share. But there's a lot of other stuff appearing. And this is really interesting. It's possible that there's an increasing diversity of games being played. Um, it definitely seems to be the case. Um, there's a lot of games that are unclassified in the listings. Now, what that means is anyone's guess. But there's a lot of other games being played. And that, that I think, is a very positive thing. And then the final little snippet of information, and one that naturally warms my heart greatly, is that one particular game has actually risen up from relative obscurity and is now the second most played game on Roll20. And that is Call of Cthulhu, of course. <laughs> it's not just me making all of those numbers, <laughs> but I've played quite a few. Anyway, um, I think there's a lot of interesting things happening in the hobby, and um, there's obviously a lot of OSR games being played as well, but the, fra the fraction of those is absolutely minuscule. It really shows you where the money is and where the weight of, of public play is as well. Okay, that's it. Mr. Andy Goodman of Grizzly Peaks fame. Um, thanks, for Andy, Andy, for calling in. I know this one you sent to me actually at the turn of the year, so it's been sitting there. It's the last of the long-term call-ins I needed to catch up on, really. Um, but I really appreciated it. And it's about four minutes there of, of Andy's thoughts. And it did make me think. Um, he's responding, of course, a couple of episodes back, two, three episodes back of DM's Diary. I was talking about getting into Pathfinder. I got a copy just prior to Christmas, bought my my best mate in gaming, Ian, uh, who games with me on a Friday, bought him a copy of that for Christmas. And one of the assumptions I had is that, you know, this is a this is the second biggest game in the market. And um, maybe that's no longer the case. I don't know. And in terms of raw sales, I have no idea. But I do know that Call of Cthulhu has been on the rise for a good couple of years now. And despite the initial poor reception of 7th edition, uh, it's actually taken off. And that's because actually it's a very solid game. And you have to give all credit to Chaosium for that. But hey, is D&D stalling? Hmm. I don't know. Um, even if it's 50% of the market, I don't guess it really doesn't matter right now. Uh, but could we be looking at a 6th edition even sooner? Hmm. I hope not. I've only just kind of got my head around this one. Hi, Jay. It's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. You know, I'm listening to your Dungeon Master 18 episode, and you were talking about your father's uh, need for complexity and how you feel like you have that as well, that things that are too simple don't interest you. And that really made me think my father um, is incredibly intelligent but he has like very little common sense i love him dearly but 
I have some very funny stories from my childhood because of his lack of common sense. And I often have thought, especially as I've gotten older, that his need to fully understand exactly how everything works was a coping mechanism for his constant fear that he was inadequate. And as he's gotten older, uh, it's interesting how that has turned him into a conspiracy theorist. So anyways, um, thanks for, you know, taking me down memory lane. All right, back to the episode. Liren, thank you. Updates from the middle of nowhere. Lovely to hear from you. I really love it when you call in. It's so um, special that you listen to my wibblings and then come and comment on them. Thank you. I do hope my dad's not listening. Um, but uh, you just triggered some memory for me as well. This sort of sense that my dad's need to feel, um, you know, intelligent um, and educated uh, kind of comes from a deep-seated insecurity, which, uh, yeah, he's managed to pass on to me, I think. Um, I have a deep-seated insecurity, and I do know that my desire to know and understand and master things comes from a kind of desire to, um, what's the word, compensate for that, I guess. But anyway, yeah, I'm aware um, that complexity appeals to me in a way that it doesn't to a lot of people. But it also, for me, um, yeah, it's a kind of point of car contact with my dad, and there are a few of those, um, sadly. And, um, yeah, I, I just think games are the way we connected, and so they're important to me. And so uh, I don't quite know where I'm going, but I'm just trying to say that um, just thanks for triggering the memory and the and the the realization I had a long, long while ago that, um, you know, my dad wanting to push me into university, my dad wanting me to do well at school, my dad wanting me to, you know, have a proper job and become a professional and all those kind of things, they all come from a place of insecurity. Um, and of course have bred a sense of insecurity, but, um, I don't really hold it against him. It's, um, I guess it's just the way, you know, I've grown up and the environment that I grew up in. But Liren, thanks. So good to hear from you. Thank you. been thinking a little bit about doing Star Trek RPG today and I've uh, just been looking at the pros and cons really. So the evidence supporting the idea of yes doing it um, would be stuff like I really think I'll enjoy the setting. I think the rules, the 2D20 system is something I really want to try and I have played a little bit of and loved it. I love the idea of running a Star Trek miniseries I guess, probably a series of episodes, individual adventures but perhaps with the same characters or at least a similar cast. And that really excites me. I think um, I'd also, I mean, practical stuff, like I get to use the books I bought, you know, perhaps 200, 250 quid's worth of books. <laughs> it might attract some new people to play, I don't know. Um, Star Trek appeals to a certain group of people, I think. Um, I would get to try the online Fantasy Grounds tools that have been community-built for that. I think it'll get me trying a more narrative style of play. I think I can try out some of my theories on GMing, uh, especially like Node-style play and collaborative play. And I could probably try some pre-published adventures in there. Um, I, if, I do, if I do this, uh, well, if I don't do this, I will risk not really trying out Star Trek Adventures as a game, which makes it a complete waste of money to buy the collection, which I just did. And I think I'd feel bad about that. And I don't think I'd find out if I could really do the style of play. On the other hand, 
that it's less work to prep and run. Um, if I don't do it, it'll let me focus on Thal and travel a better. I, I don't know. I don't think I'll risk alienating current players who are just enjoying what I'm doing. I don't want me necessarily to change course. Um, I certainly wouldn't have to read the books, which would be very time consuming, and it would be easier to prep than, you know, uh, it would, sorry, be easier to prep other games rather than Star Trek Adventures. Um, I think it would be harder to prep, uh, really, than because I'm in someone else's universe. And there are loads and loads of canon issues to tackle. Um, I think I'd be out of my comfort zone somewhat with that, which would be kind of a challenge. Um, I would need to hone my node structure gaming skills, and I would likely need to find extra time to play on top of what I already do. Um, I think I'd also have to locate a, a, a sort of a group of interested players, which makes this kind of an uber niche of a niche and niche thing. Um, and I may have to negotiate the also even down to the star trek period of play and to the focus of play with the players which you know is gonna is gonna push my boundaries and it'll it'll take a lot of time to prep it may take me um months between games actually i don't know and i may have to make a uh, lot of art map stuff for the visual stuff i don't know or get hold of images which i'm a little nervous about because i'm not that way inclined um and i guess least of all i suppose but hey still a thing some people might think i'm a super nerdy geek so don't know if that makes sense i still kind of feel like i'll overall i want to do it um i don't know gotta give some thought hmm. it's monday morning and uh yeah back at work hooray this week's going to be murderous as well um parents evenings ladies and gentlemen anyway uh, thoughts. Okay, so I took the day off yesterday, really, from prep, which, I don't know, felt necessary. I was tired. Um, had a really good session on fr- uh, Saturday. I was going to say Friday, Thursday. Um, Saturday night, good session of Thal. Uh, spent a couple of hours in the day prepping for Thal. Um, and I thought what I would do on Sunday is that I would uh, start working on the Traveller game. But actually, I spent... Roleplay-wise, I was reading the Star Trek game um, because I was enjoying it. There's a whole section of the background in there, which I have to say is just kind of quite wonderfully written, um, quite nicely written and interestingly done, if you like, in, uh, done in an interesting way. That'd be better English, wouldn't it? Um, but anyway, I was, I was delving into that, and, um, and then I kind of realised that uh, I think this morning, waking up this morning and realising that I've basically got two weeks till the game and um yeah then I had a bit of a, a flap and anxiety about that and it feels like oh god you know have I have I bitten off more than I can tree you here can I really deliver someone else's module can I really prep this um so a lot of self-doubt and um of course the answer to that is yeah sure if you just get started on it um or get restarted on it because I'm part way through reading it um so I need to finish reading the module which honestly shouldn't take terribly long while um, and then I, I need to start, you know, passing it through into a node structure. And um, that has to happen this week, um, certainly by the weekend. And like I said, it's just going to be a bit of a tough week. Uh, tonight's spoken for, tomorrow night's spoken for. I mean, do I get home from work tomorrow until about, I don't know, 9.30 at night probably? Um, having gone to work for sort of 7 a.m. Um, so that'll be a long day. And, yeah, I worry that I'll be tired Wednesday, Thursday and um, Friday night is games night with the Friday nighters in theory. Um, although I don't actually know whether they're coming, so I better text them. Um, 
Yeah, so um, a bit of anxiety around the Traveller game, I guess. Um, I know that I, what I've got to do, i just got to sit down and do it. This week has been pretty brutal at work, and um, last night, uh, that would be Wednesday nights, it's Thursday morning now, um, I was feeling pretty rebellious, actually. I did some alternative rebellion, and um, we ordered in some pizza, and then I sat down to read something that... Um, has sort of been niggling in my mind for a while. Um, I got the Basic Heroes Handbook for Mutants and Ma uh, Masterminds, um, third edition, and uh, it's quite a nice little tome. It's a little comic-sized book, really. Um, somewhere in the region of 130 pages, something like that. Um, anyway, I, I was reading last night, and again, in a rebellious mind, because um, I was tired and I was grumpy, I think. Um, you know, the very long night on Tuesday night with parents and uh, just intense work at the moment it's making it very difficult to kind of maintain my sanity and uh, one of the ways I do that is I kind of do a little bit of minor rebellion um, and I was reading and on page seven I read rule number one the most important rule in mutants and masterminds is to have fun and only rely on the rules so long as they help everyone do just that if a particular rule is ruining your game slowing things down talk to the rest of your group about changing it or tossing it out altogether and I um I was just struck with a, a sort of side thought, which is, I guess is a bit of a, um, well, yeah, <laughs> something that we perhaps don't often question. And I thought, well, why, why, what if that rule didn't exist? What if in role-playing games, um, not only, I mean, the goal to have fun, mm, we can debate that another time. Um, I, I'm not sure that games are always meant to be fun. I think when it's, for example, when it's super intense in the middle of a, fraught fight and everything's going a bit pear-shaped and then you kind of like have to roll that critical dice roll i don't think in that moment it's fun but it's still a good thing but anyway um if a particular rule is ruining your game and slowing things down talk to the rest of your group and about changing it or tossing it out altogether it's interesting um this idea that rules are flexible that we're actually if it's getting in the way of our fun we get rid of it and i kind of thought who's fun because if you're thinking about the eight engagements um I find sometimes that's an incredibly frustrating rule, if I'm honest. If I want challenge in my game and the combat rules um, have detail and yet someone else at the table or some other people at the table don't like that kind of detail, their engagement isn't necessarily about challenge and they're not as bothered about combat you start hearing stuff like oh you know can we just sort of speed this up can we you know just sort of skip over the combat a bit because it's not important you know well it's important to me um and i sometimes feel frustrated if i'm certainly if i'm playing in a game where people discount the things that i value in a game same with exploration you know oh, do we need to do the you know in D D? Um, in sort of basic D&D &D and AD&D &D. do you know, do, do we need to count there every 10 minutes and do you an action and do we need to roll for a wandering monster every other round every other turn sorry every 20 minutes in the game you know, do we need to do these things they slow down the game you know, and actually again they create they're the things that for me they 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 pick up the exploration and some of the challenge as well and it's all part of the game for me and when people want to pull those things out of my game I get frustrated if I'm honest on the other hand, that being said, you know, if something's getting in the way of my fun, I'm pretty quick to want to change the rule. I, I'm often reading a rule book. I'm thinking, actually, there are two things in that rule number one that are kind of interesting and, and perhaps very important to consider. And the first is, 
have we ever actually played the game as written? Because um, sometimes I think I, I wonder if I do actually play the rules as written for very long, if at all, in some games. And the second thing is, when I change the rules, do I talk to the rest of my group about that? Especially if I'm being in GM role. Do I necessarily have that discussion about, hey, I am changing the rule here? You know, um, because, again, we can be very quick to, um, to our own engagements and kind of making the game what we want it to be without necessarily considering the others at the table. So rule number one, whilst it's something I do value, and I think it's something that actually defines role-playing games to some degree, the flexibility, the do-it-yourself kind of spirit of it. Um, on the other hand, I think it's quite a dangerous rule, you know. Um, and I wonder what sometimes whether we are too slavish to that rule. What if we toss that rule out because it's ruining our game and slowing things down? Have we talked to the rest of our group about getting rid of rule number one and just playing the game as written? I don't know. Maybe I'm just gibbering on about nothing. Right, I'm going to interject now um, a little bit because the next section got pulled. There's a 10 minute or so section, about nine and a half minute section on agency and player choice that I basically don't have time for in this episode. Um, and, but the one after that, I would talk about how there were three different uh, diary entries in the same day, kind of do the whole three buses at once analogy, which is terrible, but never mind. Um, but I wanted you to know that I, I decided to pull the 10 minute section. I'm going to pop it onto Patreon as a bonus for patrons. And in about a week or so, that'll become an open uh, freebie for anyone to listen to if you want to hear that 10 minute rant on agency. Um, the reason I pulled it is partly because it's long, but also because I'm not entirely sure um, how coherent it is. And until I've really listened to it, I'm I'm not really sure I want to throw it into a main episode so if you're curious and you want to know what I had to say then all you have to do is hop over to patreon.com slash rpg rescue and look for the bonus episode entitled agency now back to the diary wow it's interesting how my uh, diary entries are a bit like buses you know you don't get one all week and then three come at once it's Thursday evening and tomorrow night is games night. It's Friday night games. Looks like all three guys are coming, which means we're going back to Grimsfort. And I'm feeling pretty burned out from work and feeling pretty unmotivated. And I doubt very much that I will do much in a way of prep um, tonight. Might do some tomorrow in the last minute, I suppose. But I kind of start into rather large kind of suspicion that I won't have the energy or the will tonight, more precisely. And I was reflecting on how there's a close relationship between the burnout that I feel through work and the burnout that I get as a GM. And I've not really noticed before. But when I think back over it, there is a bit of a correlation. Now, I'm not saying that there's causation here, that one leads to the other, but I am thinking there's a correlation, that when I become burned out and lose motivation in terms of the game I'm running, I'm noticing that it's also coinciding with when I have basically low energy and I'm burned out and work is too intense. Um, this week has been a very intense thing. I've moaned about it I know, loads of times, probably, in this very episode. But I don't want to moan about it. I just want to say I'm burned out and tired. I worked hard, and I'm home, and I'm tired, and I need to recharge. I'm an introvert. I, I, I essentially recharge alone or with very little in the way of social interaction. My wife was gracious enough. Deb was gracious enough last night to give me a couple of hours to myself. She went to bed and, and uh, kind of, as she tends to, actually, early, and I just stayed up. 
um, a little bit. I read a little bit of um, the Basic Heroes Handbook for Mutants and Masterminds, which I found delightful to start reading. I really want to sort of read a bit more of. And I also watched an episode of The Expanse, which I've been enjoying slowly this week, episode by episode. And um, and it was great just to recharge a bit. And I think I need to do that again tonight. And I'm kind of thinking, am I ready for Grimm's Fort? Well, the truth is, yes, I am. Because we last time we played Grimm's Fort, I, I prepped for the session after. And then we switched to Thal because at the very last minute, one of the guys could make it. And um, so I'm kind of prepped, actually. I just need to go and review those notes, which I think is a short bit of preparation that I tend to do before the session anyway so I'm not feeling worried about it I just am feeling very tired and demotivated and not wanting to do that and also obviously the traveler game is kind of hanging over me and um, I keep thinking I need to do some more on that I need to get that working I know that's a weekend thing now but again I don't have the energy but I do have the energy to read games and look at things as long as it's not something I have to do and I find that interesting I find that the sense of burnout and tiredness is about sort of doing the work of being a GM. But actually, I can be absorbing uh, stories and, you know, watching TV and reading and doing other things that are hobby related. Listening to podcasts today has been great, you know, and uh, so many good episodes. So, hmm, interesting. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if there's any real point to what they're saying that and pointing that out. But there's definitely this general sense of tiredness, which leads to a sense of demotivation or can do for me, and um, I'm kind of calling it out, I guess. God only knows how I got through today at work. Unbelievable. What a week. It's Friday night, and um, I've just cancelled the game because I'm I'm so crappy. It's unbelievable. Definitely coming down with a cold, and I'm just exhausted. So, yeah, I'm going to go to bed, I think. Um, I just got home. It's about... 4.30, 4.30, something like that, and uh, I think it'll be, if I can manage to eat, that'll be good, and I'm going to bed, and uh, sorry, but it's the way it is.